I come from a, a history of education, so I'm very keen on getting the justice right for kids, um, which is kind of where I came from. Um, as we were uh, worshipping, I got a picture, and I just want to share that picture with you, and I'll go on a little bit more and explain who I am a bit more in a minute. But, but that picture was um, back in the day, I used to lead um, outdoor pursuits uh, stuff. So I'd take kids from Dagenham, where I used to teach, um, and take these young kids um, out of an urban environment into uh, the countryside in Wales. And uh, there was this particular day, it was a sunny, warm day in July, and we asked these kids to put on sou'westers. And they moaned. They were moaning about how they were hot, and you've got to walk in all this heat. But we knew where we were taking them, right? You, you might get it, but I, I don't want to tell you because that's part of the picture. So we took these kids, uh, put them in a minibus, took them up into the hills, and then we took them for a walk. It wasn't a particularly long walk, and they could hear something. And these kids are saying to me, that sounds like thunder. Is it going to rain? Is that why we're wearing these things? So I, was, I said, no, no, I, I don't think it's going to rain. I think it's quite a good, uh, nice, sunny day. But actually... Um, you'll hear something as we get closer to it. Closer to what? So there was this sense of, you know, what's going on. Sounded like thunder. You know what it is, don't you? You'll, you'll, you'll have guessed because you're adults. So um, these children, as they got nearer and nearer, they could hear this rumbling and thundering. And then we turned the corner, and there's this um, uh, edge with a rope that you can stand on, and you can watch this waterfall. And these kids had never, ever seen anything even remotely like it. They got no clue what it was going to be, so it was a complete surprise to them. Now, imagine my joy some 30-something years later. On Facebook, I get a kid who comes on to me and says, I remember you. You're the teacher that took me on that walk to the waterfall I can feel the spray on my face even as I'm writing this. I want you to just take that moment, a moment where you can feel the spray of that water spiritually. Okay, we're all good with this? So close your eyes for a moment and just feel that light spray of water. It's a sunny day. It's a warm, sunny day. And it is so, so refreshing. See, that's who he is. That's who he is. And we get this opportunity to just have a spiritual moment. You didn't come to hear me, you came to hear him. You came to experience him in this non-spiritual world we live in. We get the opportunity to take a spiritual moment in our lives and just stop and just hear him and feel him like a spray on the face.
See, 1 John 4 says this, Greater is he that is in me than him who is in the world. Greater is him who is in me than he who is in the world. And I'm going to read you a bit of scripture that comes, it's nothing to do with what I'm supposed to be doing, but that's how God operates with me. Um, I, I spent a lot of time visiting, or did do before the pandemic, a lot of time visiting churches. And I'd walk through the door and I'd say to God, you know I don't know what I'm doing, don't you? You, you, you know that. And he says, yeah, I know that. It's fine. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for 2,000 years. Don't worry. And I'd walk in with my notes. I'd put my notes down and then I'd speak about something completely different. And people would go, that's amazing. And I go, what? It's, that's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit lives within us. If you're a born-again Christian here this morning, and if you're not, please come and see me and I'll introduce you to this amazing, amazing spiritual guy called Jesus who died on the cross and was resurrected so that we could have life. 24-7, Holy Spirit is within us. Am I right? Now, I knew that. 13 years ago but I didn't receive it 13 years ago I knew, I knew it was possible and it happened to me occasionally but it wasn't 24-7 and then I joined this group um, where I went back to school went to supernatural school and I thought this will be interesting what supernatural school looked like and it taught me how to think differently and how to operate differently. What does it look like to be naturally supernatural? To live in this world that's full of the natural, but actually to live it supernaturally. I was travelling up this morning, got some pains in this hand. Has anybody got pains in their hand? Got like a, maybe it could be arthritis or something like that. Anybody in the room? Okay, sometimes, yeah? God wants to heal you right now. God wants to heal that right now, that pain in your hand. Flex your hand and ask God to heal you. And that's what will happen. I also got this word despondency. People are feeling despondent. You don't have to... You don't have to acknowledge that. It's a very personal thing. But if you're feeling despondent, God wants to give you hope this morning. He wants to give you hope. Because that's who he is, isn't it? Let me read you this bit of scripture. He is your life. It comes from um, Colossians 3, verse 1. But it's in the, the message version. Okay? So... If you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, 
even though invisible to spectators, it was, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, yours show up too. The real you. The glorious you. Don't be an audience. Receive and ask God. Receive and ask God. What does that mean for you? What does it mean for you? So, we're looking at spiritual fruit, aren't we? We've already looked at several. Um, I was here for Pat's uh, one on patience. And I was here when Ruth did one on peace. Spiritual fruit. I've got uh, a pear tree on my allotment. And uh, it, it gives me, in the summer, what do you think? What fruit? No, no, apples. No, 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 of course, pears. I don't ever think about it as being anything else. The fruit of the Spirit comes in all sorts of flavours, which is what the, these things are about. But it's that Holy Spirit, that 24-7 Holy Spirit. Okay, let me give you a prophecy. This is a prophecy that came from the beginning of the year. Uh, from uh, one of our Living Fire church leaders. So, uh, do they know about Living Fire? So, Living Fire is a group of churches who are on the same journey. We're not a network, we're not a movement, we're, we're not trying to label ourselves. What we're saying is, we're on a journey. We're on a journey into the world of life with God, 24-7. Are, are you up for that? Or are you just here for a Sunday and then you go home for lunch? See, that's the problem, isn't it? It's so easy to do. But actually, it's about living the life. So here's this prophecy. This is a refiring of the furnace of expectation. I'm going to make you know my habitation with you in a way that will break your conventions for occasional encounter. I will make myself known in ways that will rock your world. And be prepared, sometimes it will be awkward, but all of heaven is drawn to me in you. Jackie and I were talking about this this morning, the journeys we've been on. My intention is to be glorified in you. Gets complicated here now. He says this, your yes your simple yes, your daily yes is all I need. With it will come increasing expectation, born out of an increasing experience of me in you. And Graham Cook in his prophecy in 2019, which is before the pandemic, he says this. The Lord says the chaos of the world is simply the prime time of the kingdom. This is the time when the nations of Europe must rediscover the God of the kingdom. My intention is to open your life and leadership up to the same relationship that Jesus had with me on earth. I am creating a territory in your inner man of the spirit that will see you inherit the same inheritance that Jesus had. 
There is, in Europe, a land of promise, and it's located in the new creation in Christ. There is the same territorial Holy Spirit within you that overcomes through you, with you, and all around you. The world and its chaos is no match for the kingdom and the magnitude of my presence. Therefore, I am is calling you up and out from your fear and your weakness, from your unbelief and your poverty spirit. In this day, your traditions will be overwhelmed by my presence. The power of my identity shall overwhelm your earthbound theology. I'm giving you the building blocks of habitation and abiding in my presence. The promise of who I am for you is greater than any threat coming against you. Even as circumstances get darker in the world, the light of my face will shine with favour, with blessing, with miracles and with resources. Even as circumstances get darker in the world, this was in 2019, none of us had a clue. Did you have 2020 vision? No. None of us did, did we? Had no clue. But it is a parenthesis, it's a brackets around the world where people are now, as you'll see, asking questions. They are. They're asking questions. And we are supposed to be answering them. So I don't have time to explore that fully, but uh, our perception of Jesus is very much dependent on how we think about him. And of course our perception of who we are and whose we are will have a material effect on all of that. Who are you? Who are you? Are you a little ant on the world? Or are you an awesome son or daughter of the king? It changes everything. A slave mentality is you wait for your master and you hear his voice and then you do what he asks you to do. Lots of us have done that. You hear when you're a son a very different story. It doesn't change the fact that we want to serve him, that we want to love him, that we want to obey him, but what happens is you sit over a meal table and he has a discussion with you and says, son, wouldn't it be great if we did this? How about we try that? And here's the fun part about God. He will say to you, when, particularly when you ask him what you want him to do, uh, what you want me to do, is he will say, what is it you want to do? So I had this discussion with God when I first retired as a head teacher. Um, should I be leading the church in Brentwood? had some of this conversation with you guys, didn't I? Should I be leading this church in Brentwood? I was already sharing the leadership. And God said to me, what do you want me to, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do what you want me to do. And he says, well, I want you to be my son. And I say to him, well, I, I am your son. I, I love you. 
I want to do everything for you. I want to live my life for you. And he said, but I want you to be my son. See, when I was 18, my father died quite suddenly. We were on holiday. And I remember the pats on the shoulder from my family saying, you're the dad now. You're the eldest son. You're the dad now. And I took it seriously. I became the father of the family. The decisions that needed to make, the things that needed to be done. I was 18. I was very capable. As you heard, I can jump over fences But back in the day. I lost sonship and that had an effect on me as I grew older and became stronger in the Lord I realized that actually I needed him to be my dad and to have the relationship should we get on to goodness I'm so good at going off at tangents See, the Greek word fruit refers to the natural product of a living thing, as I've just said. Paul used fruit to help us understand the product of the Holy Spirit. So we're here because the Holy Spirit wants us to know him better. And part of it is to learn what it looks like for the fruit to uh, be uh, forthcoming. So the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Spirit, not by the Christian. And one of our big issues as Christians in the, in the 20s is we try and do it ourselves. We strive to get it right. We want to get it right, don't we? It's not, it's not something that's impossible because we can get it right. But here's the thing, when we get it wrong, what do we do? We berate ourselves. And we stop doing the very thing that God has asked us to do. Because we're caught up in, oh, I didn't do that very well, did I? And the enemy will come in and go, nah, you didn't do that very well, did you? So this word goodness is a really interesting one. Um, how many people have seen the film Bruce Almighty? How many people haven't seen the film Bruce Almighty? Oh, okay, if you haven't seen it, it's really worth a look. Because basically what Bruce does is he says, I can do what God does. And he meets up with God and they have this amazing, it's a, it's a comedy, so you're supposed to laugh. Um, but actually there's some serious moments in it. Some really serious moments in it. So it's worth a look. Um, and actually you played a bit of Bru um, Evan Almighty, which is the second version um, where, where he makes the ark. And you, you saw some of that last time, didn't you? We might have a film night. Should we have a film night and watch it? It'd be a laugh, wouldn't it? Sorry, trying to take over. Right, so... Um, goodness. So actually goodness is a weapon of righteousness. Did you know that? Doing good. So um, the food bank, for example, okay? Food bank is a national organization, but it's got its success through its Christian roots. It's not a Christian organization per se, but lots of Christians join it 
And what happens is when you give the food to somebody who's needy, you pray for them. You might not even do it with words. That's goodness right there. It's not your food, is it? Well, it might be, but it's not generally. You're giving away somebody else's donation, but you're the one delivering. And that's my point in being a Christian. You're a deliverer. See, Lydia over there, she has a different metron to me. She goes to school, college, whatever it is. She's got friends. That's her metron, her sphere of influence. I have a sphere of influence, mostly down the allotment these days. But actually, I go to all sorts of places, sitting in coffee shops with people. So I'm standing in Tesco in a queue a few years ago now. And in front of me is this lady moaning about her shoulder. She's telling her uh, child, oh, moaning about. So I said, um, I tapped her on the shoulder and said, excuse me, I'm, I'm a Christian learning how to hear from God. And I just feel God saying he wants to heal your shoulder. Can I pray for you? Does that sound brave? Well, it kind of is. But the thing is, when you do it, people say yes, because they're in they're in pain. So my experience is, and I'm sure lots of you have got experience like this, they don't generally say no. But we're all worried about them saying no. So she said, oh, yes, please, I'd, I'd love to get out of this pain. So I said, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Yeah, that's all right. So I put my hand on her shoulder, and I say, Lord, bring healing to this shoulder right now in Jesus' name. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? She got healed. She got healed right there. She went, oh, I can't do this. Look, I can't do this. And the lady just in front of her was telling the lady in front of her. And the lady at the, at the aisle, the, the server, you know, what do they call them? Cashier. Um, she gets on the tannoy and she says, if you need healing, come to aisle 13. Now, guys, I don't do that every week. But when I did do it, it really, really changed everything in my heart. Do I live with disappointment when I pray for people and it doesn't happen? Yes, of course I do. But I go back to the comforter. The good God. God is good. Yeah, but what about all the terrible things that are happening in the world? The terrible things happening in the world is man's inhumanity to man. God gives us choices. We have choices. We're, we're exercising a choice right now. You're sitting here listening to me. Bless you. If we didn't have choices, we'd just be automatons, wouldn't we? So he gives us choices. Your choice is to be the vehicle that donates something to them. Sorry, I'm picking on you, only because I can kick your foot. And it, I know him, so it's all right. So, are you getting my point? So, the fruit of the Spirit is all those things that are listed, but actually it's our goodness and the life of Jesus Christ 
that we act out of it. So we act out of true goodness of the heart and reflect the fruit of the Spirit when we're obedient to what God tells us to do and to seek the benefit of others. But he'll only tell you what to do if you ask him. He's a gentleman. So are you ready to ask him? Does it all sound familiar? The life of Jesus, the perfect example of goodness as he died on the cross. Next week we'll remember it, won't we? He died for the sins of humanity in order to give us the gift of eternal life. His ministry and sacrifice is an example of God's goodness towards mankind. It's actually the greatest. After all, the term gospel means good news. So when you come to that moment of remembering the cross... Also remember the journey we are on. You see, he died on the cross so that we could move away from the cross towards the world. We're born again so that we can access heaven. And once we've accessed heaven, we get the truth of who we are and we can then bring that to the people. So it's worth noting here what Jesus prays in John 17. So remember that Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good things and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with them. But it's worth noting this in John 17. Do you know John 17? You should do. It's a really good chapter. Do you know why? Because Jesus says this, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one in them and you, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. So dear people, we carry the anointing. We carry the anointing. It's up to you what you do with it, but we all carry it. The Holy Spirit will develop these fruits. Not you. The Holy Spirit will develop these fruits. Your job is to be connected with the Holy Spirit 24-7. See, spirit to spirit, we're perfect. We're a perfect connection. Somebody prayed it already this morning. I think it might have been Joe. Talking about how we can live life with Jesus 24-7. That's how you do it. Your spirit doesn't sleep. His spirit doesn't sleep. It goes on 24-7. That's why when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning with this thing going on in your head, that's the spirit waking you up. Why is it 3 o'clock in the morning every time? But he does. We had a disconnection with one of my daughters uh, a little while ago now. And we could not seem to fix it. Whatever we said turned into an argument. Um, it, it was about spirituality and about uh, Jesus. It was about her soulfulness. She'd become very soulful. I'm not going to the detail. I can give you some detail over a lunch. That's the deal. 
and I didn't know what to do. And I don't do the I don't know what to do, thank you. I'll have a slurp. I don't do I don't know what to do. I, I'm a solutions person. I like to fix stuff, right? And God knows that. And I'm saying to him, I don't know how to fix this. And I went to bed and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. And when, you, when it happens often enough, you know it's him, right? You hear his voice, you know it's him. Here's what he said. Alan, get up, go to the freezer, get out a frozen chicken. What? So he repeated it. Now, I know enough about God to know that it's daft not to do it. So I'll go downstairs, three o'clock in the morning or thereabouts, Go outside, because our freezer is out in the garage, so I go outside, I get a frozen chicken, luckily there was one, out of the freezer, he knew that, I guess, put it on the counter, and then went, okay, now what? About 3.30 in the morning, he says, I want you to send a text to your daughter and say, I've just got a chicken out of the freezer, will you come for lunch? Do that. It's three o'clock in the morning. I said, this is what I want you to do. So I do the old tap it on the screen thing. Takes me a while. Do the tap on the screen thing and I hit send. Here's what happened seconds later, about four o'clock in the morning by then. I get a text back from my daughter who said two words, love to. And then I said to God, what was all that about? He said, that's about connection. I can't do that. You can do that. I can do everything else. But I can't do connection. Stay connected. And if it, if it triggers something in you, stay connected. Get the frozen chicken out. Stay connected. It's so important. So, is your friend having a bad day? Write them a note. Tell them how much you're caring about them. Someone putting you down. Ask them out for a coffee. Don't half blow them up. Pray for them. So it's in these acts of goodness that we reflect Christ's character and possess the fruit of the Holy Spirit. While it might seem no one notices, God does. Ultimately, when we show goodness, we bring glory to God's name. See, God calls us to be filled with goodness from the inside out. Being holy in what we do and say, because Christians should have a heart that seeks goodness. We're not to just do good works because doing good works without a good heart is empty. We can do it because we're full. What are we full of? Come on, it's not a trick question now. You probably know the answer now, don't you? What are we full of? The Holy Spirit. That was the promise he made. I will send a comforter. He's a comforter. Try him. He's amazing. So goodness is virtue and holiness in action. It results in a life characterized by deeds, motivated by righteousness, and a desire to be a blessing. Do you want to be a blessing? Do you want to be a blessing to the folks around you? 
Don't strive. Just be who he asks you to be. Right, I'm going to bring this to land. I want to do church differently. Do you want to do church differently? No? We'll just do it the same? What does it look like when we do it differently? I was talking to this family a few weeks ago. They, they've done church in a different environment. But this brings freedom, doesn't it? That's what we were talking about. Bringing freedom. Freedom for the kids. Freedom to live life in, a, in an abundant way. We need this to be an attractive model. Leader of a church I was um, visiting recently uh, invited me to talk to one of the young lads. I was asking the question, where are the 20s and 30s? Where are they? Where are the 20s and 30s? We could ask the question, where are the teens, couldn't we? I could ask the question, where are the teachers? Because they're all on holiday this week, aren't they? <laughs> and so would I have been back in the day. We deliberately do holidays outside now of those things. Anyway, I'm going off tangentially. So I was talking to this lad and he said this. It doesn't even seem like a church service. This was after the church service. It didn't even seem like a church service. I didn't know what was going to happen next. But I loved it. People got healed during the music. We prophesied over each other. I connected with people throughout the time and people got saved. Wow. Is that our experience? If it isn't, we need to create an experience that is. Because we all have it. We all have it within us. I'm going to ask you in a minute to prophesy over the person next to you. Oh, really? Yes, because everybody can prophesy. And if you can't think of anything, say, you look nice today. <laughs> so that's the point, isn't it? We want to bring the 20s and the 30s back. We want to bring the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the teenagers and the teenagers. What are we missing that those kids need? Little boy this morning, I can't remember his name now, the little fella, the little, little fella here running up and down. He runs to his father and his mother. They're beaming at him with their arms open. He's loving it. Because his father's here. And his mother's here. His family is here. Are we family? And are we family to the people who come in? That's the key to life with Christ. And it comes from being naturally supernatural. You see, church should be the most exciting and engaging experience we could have. I was at a rugby match the other day. We cheered our hearts out. And as I'm walking away from there, I said to my daughter, my other daughter, I said, that was amazing, wasn't it? How we cheered our hearts out. Why don't we do that in church? Well, here's the thing. Sometimes we do, don't we? Do here. About three weeks ago, we had the most amazing time of worship. And I've been in many, many churches. That was extraordinary. We do have an extraordinary opportunity to change what's going on around us. The church should be relevant without being relative. So we need to be radical. 
but we must be on the cutting edge of cultural relevancy in our ministry expression without losing the moral compass of the message. We tend to defend the way we've always experienced it without realising that our traditions were once viewed as irrelevant and sacrilegious. Anybody been on the journey of tongues? I could see a couple of people that would relate to that. Where tongues was looked upon as very, very odd. Nowadays, we sing in tongues. There was a tongue here the other day and a translation. Tongues is no longer an issue. Back in the 50s and the 60s, I remember um, Barnard. What was his first name? The heart surgeon. Christian Barnard. <laughs> How can I forget his name? Christian Barnard. He was moving in the area of um, heart surgery. Do you remember? What you don't realise is most of the people he dealt with died. Now, you can have heart surgery. I had heart surgery five, six years ago now. 99% of the people that they do surgery on will recover. I attest to that fact. But back in the day, that wasn't the case. That was the hope. And now we have the assurance. So as we change things, we will receive resistance. But we can be assured if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're onto something. I was saying that to Jackie this morning. We're onto something. There's something happening. Let me finish with this. Raj Hare came a few weeks ago, brought um, uh, a prophecy which I thought was relevant. So I'm going to read it to you. So this is Raj Hare speaking. This morning on my run, I started to feel my feet getting heavier and heavier. And it was slowing me down. And as I looked at my trainers, I noticed they were caked with mud. And I knew I needed to stop. But you know when you're running, you just want to keep going in order to make a good time. But I had to stop and waited till I got to a bridge and worked hard on scraping all that mud off. I felt the Lord speak to me through this and felt share. I sense him saying, there are people running with rubbish that they've picked up from being in the world. It's not theirs. And it's wearing them down. And it's slowing them down. And it's making them tired. And they need to stop and clear those things out. So if there are things that are weighing you down, maybe there are people you need to forgive or hurt or pain you need to let go of or things that have been dumped on you and it's not your thing to carry, just take time and scrape it off. Give these things to Jesus. Jesus talked about kicking the dust off your feet if people don't receive you. Feel God is asking you to stop. Spend time with him and clear those things out so you can run your race in the pace that is best for you. Are you here today looking for more of God? <coughs> Holy Spirit wants to be with us 24-7. Do you want him 24-7? If anybody doesn't speak in tongues, come and talk to me later. But you can speak in tongues out loud. Here's the thing. You can speak in tongues under your breath. 
It's a bit like um, having a, an operating system in, in, on a computer. It's always running, but you don't notice it. That's what you need to get to with the Holy Spirit, that you connect to him 24-7. See, when I first heard that, I didn't believe him. Then I turned my attention towards Holy Spirit and asked him, and that was the best thing I've done. Ask him. Do you want to ask him now? Ask him. I've learned to be connected with him. I'm done. But what I want to do, guys, is to pray for you. I want to pray to see what God will do. Lydia had a word about being lost. Do you want to bring that, Lydia? Are you going to come out and do that? She's going to do it. While she's doing that, ask God, what do you want me to do? Go for it. Okay. So I got lost in a restaurant and I couldn't find my table. And so I called Dad and he was like, I'll come and get you. And I just felt God say that when you get lost, just call him and he'll come and get you. See, when you get lost, he'll come and get you. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. Do you want to receive him now? Close your eyes. Andy, come and tinkle for me. Would you mind? He's so good at tinkling, this guy. It's a very naughty word to use because he, he really does hear. He'll tell you he doesn't, but he's, uh, he does. He does. He hears. He hears differently to most of us. And here's the thing. You don't have to all hear the same. You're all different. You're all unique. Why don't you stand with me if you can? Get in receiving mode. <laughs> Let's ask God. We want to do it differently. We want to see you lifted high. A banner that flies across this world that will change the way people think and change the way people do stuff. Invite Holy Spirit in. If it's the first time, let it be the first time. But any time is good. Switch on your spiritual antenna. He's speaking to you all the time. Like a radio station. We don't hear Radio 4 in here because we're not tuned into Radio 4. But we want to tune in to him this morning. Hear what he's saying to you for this next week. You'll never be the same again if you do that. Never the same again.
See, doubt and fear are not your friends. They're enemy strategies. Your friends are love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. They're the fruits of the Holy Spirit, not you. Stop striving. Let him take the strain. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. powerful people here so I want you to turn to somebody you know or even somebody you don't know and speak life over them speak life over them even as we're finishing now body ministry okay this is not about me telling you what to do this is about you being powerful and the more we do that the more we believe that we'll enter into this body ministry where people walk through the door and go, I want what it is you've got in here. I want it. Amen?